Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks who bring you locked on clips every time the Clippers lose on the second night of a back-to-back. If that happens on Monday through Friday, we definitely bring you the news. We come at you five days a week, every weekday, seven in the morning, kill some windshield time, and let's dive into a frustrating but... You know, it's the end of the road trip, so who cares? Loss versus the Pacers. Frustrating indeed. At times, Clippers just clearly looked like a team on the second night of a back-to-back. Defense kind of failed them a little bit there at the end. Uh, well, actually, throughout the game. But we'll get into it. We'll talk about what we did like. There were some 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 things to like from that game as well as what we didn't. And then just overall kind of how we're feeling on this road trip so far. And then in segment two, uh, we're going to talk more about the Clippers' supposed need for a point guard. <sighs> Uh, there was an article by Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer about the clips kind of and, and the moves that they could make at the trade deadline. Uh, so we're going to go dive into that. It, it definitely is is very point guard focused. So we will talk about that. And then it's my favorite day of the week. It's Twitter Tuesday. Look, every single Monday we ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at Locked On Clips. Thank you so much to everyone who sent those in ahead of time. We're going to be talking about this team, sort of like what they could look like in the playoffs. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the elite Brian Seaman coffee oh, yeah. puns and all sorts of other great stuff coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, yeah, so the Clippers fell 122-116 in Indiana. This one was close at times. Um Clippers had a pretty good lead at one point. Um, Sabonis was ruled out with health and safety at around like 1245 this afternoon, um, which I think we all thought was going to help the Clippers more. Um, no Zubots in this one. Uh, Surge started in his place. Zoo is day-to-day with the calf injury, so we're all kind of monitoring that. Should we get into what we didn't like first? Because I think we genuinely have to talk about Isaiah Jackson first. <laughs> Just deciding yeah. he absolutely hates our team. <laughs> Yeah, with what we didn't like. I mean, I don't know what the city of Los Angeles did to offend Isaiah Jackson, but he went off in his first career start. Ugh. He finished with 26 and 10, added a steal and two blocks. I don't know. Like The, the issue to me is like we just didn't really have the presence to slow him down in the front court uh, with no zoo. You know, we, we tried some different things. Hart kind of didn't play a lot in this one. Uh, there was some talk of maybe should have surged, played a little bit more late. Uh we just didn't have a lot of resistance to offer for him. And I think that like it's games like this that you have to take a look at as a fan, especially if maybe you're in part of the trade zoo contingency Carl. and just see like, uh, it, you know, it, I mean, it can be these guys that, it, you know, he's played in the NBA. It's first start though. Uh, and end up, you know, having themselves a game and they, you know, they crushed us in the paint, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, but I, I don't know, man, what, what else didn't you like from this game? I mean, another note on Isaiah Jackson, at one point he was four of four from three in the fourth. Just unreal. Just they hit like, some. Okay. <sighs> But that goes they hit into some back-breaking threes. Yes, that goes into the defense. The defense also just super up and down in this one. Like the first half, it was bad, right? <laughs> the paint was wide open. Um, just frustrating things from that. And then in the second half, Ty Lue started to kind of blitz Karis Levert in the pick and roll, which really helped out some runs. We got to see the Clippers make some deflections. Hart was actually big in that too. And the game looked quasi-winnable. They were up by 10. And then in the fourth, like between the Pacers shot making and just, I think, being exhausted, the clips kind of just got just they didn't get run out of the building, obviously, but they just looked tired. And, and they, it, like, they got that, outworked. They got yeah. they got outworked a little bit there in that fourth. Um, 
Yeah, along with the defense, speaking of like ups and downs, it was an off night for Kennard. I, you know, I can't say Brutal. I blame him. Yeah. Especially after the numbers he had been putting up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he, he went. He went one of seven from the floor, zero of five from three. Uh, you know, which is a rough performance, but something that's kind of interesting, I guess, is just like the Clippers putting up one sixteen <laughs> despite you know Luke Kennard not True. making a three. Just seems like a miracle. Uh, he was limited to only fifteen minutes of action in this one. I guess I'm curious your thoughts. Like, do you think he needed more time to get rhythm, or do you think that maybe when it was apparent that it wasn't really going for him, he should have been taken out? Um, in in order to maybe add another sort of defender uh, to those lineups, I'm kind of happy they they yanked him from this one. I mean, he looked off like he's been carrying the team this last like week or so, and I think they tried to put another defender with Bledsoe, who was great in the fourth quarter, which we'll talk about. But I mean, you know, Bled went one of six from three, which like just hurts any night really. Um, so. I mean, I'm bummed for Luke, but he he gets this one, right? Like, last game of the road trip, it's a back-to-back, you know? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, obviously we win the game if he plays better, but it just kind of sucks a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And just the other thing to, to wrap up what we didn't like from this one. I mean, we got hammered in the paint, yep. and they made threes. Um, we needed, <laughs> you know, one of these not things good. <laughs> to not happen. Uh, we got outscored 68-46 to 46 in the paint. And, you know, just to add insult to injury, the Pacers also shot 48% from three. I mean, I, I, you're just not going to really win many games where they're they're outgunning you from three and outscoring you by, you know, 20-plus points in the paint. So, That's a super good call. Brutal. Uh, but that being said, you know, we started off with some things that we didn't like, but what did we like from this one? Because it wasn't all bad. No, and Amir Coffey is just a legitimately good player now. Like, I'm not surprised when he's putting up insane like really solid stat lines he had 27 four and four only one turnover which is actually my favorite part of Amir coffee's game right now is his ball security he's um, very good with the ball yeah. yeah makes good decisions he reggie and nick batum were the only clippers to hit more than one three which should tell you something about how this game went um, so rough but amir was there he showed up he i mean he did everything you could kind of ask him to do which was great he had a couple of kind of uh soft defensive possessions but i mean 27 four and four with one turnover not too much to be mad at there. Um, and then I just mentioned Reggie, but what do you like about Reggie today? Uh, I mean, like, it wasn't always pretty, but Reggie definitely was doing his best to get it done. He yeah. finished with 21, 3, and 5. Look, I mean, the, the splits aren't incredible, but they're not off, awful. He shot 44% from the floor, 36% from 3, 100%. He did only attempt one free throw, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. And he did have some fourth-quarter heroics. He had, like, a deep shot from 3. That was insane. Uh, that w- that went down and, and and I thought that that could be kind of a, a momentum turning point for the Clippers. And I like, they just didn't have the legs to really get it done. But I, I thought, you know, from some of the downs that we've had on the Reggie roller coaster, this was, this was a, you know, a, a ramp in the right direction. Uh, I 100%. also like Bledsoe, you mentioned the three point shooting, which was rough. He was absolutely unstoppable for the most part in the fourth sure. he had 11 two and one in the fourth quarter alone that led all fourth quarter scorers for the clippers he just started really finding a groove and he was playing his game you know he was getting to the line he was getting to the rim you love to see it you don't love the all the three-point attempts that he took but you know the shot the, the shot distribution gets weird when there's no luke out there and, sure. and other guys aren't really able to knock down shots 
Um, I, I did mention, it, you know, this is like roses and thorns because while he was great in the fourth, you know, he did have that 11-2-1. He was just 13-6-3 and three for the whole game. So, you know, while he yeah. was able to, you know, sort of find the rhythm and, and get in a groove there in the fourth, it was just maybe a little late in the game. Uh, what else do we like from this one? So I don't – I think I like this. Serge was the best center in this game. Um, do we like this? I know. That's how I feel. He had 14-11, two blocks, which is very much needed. He looked a little creaky on defense, but he got up for those blocks, which is good to at least kind of deter them a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, Hartenstein only played 15 minutes. He had six and three, but he had two turnovers and two quick fouls. And he missed a floater, which I was like, what the hell's going on I know on that. Yeah, my <laughs> jaw dropped My jaw dropped when that happened. Yeah. So, I mean, that was nice to see. And like kind of going just real quick back to the Reggie thing. You know, Reggie kind of came out of his slump, whereas Marcus Morris didn't. Marcus Morris didn't have a very good game. Yeah. Shot 28%, didn't make a three, so that's rough. But, I mean, hats off to Surge, helping that trade value, I think. But I'm, I am I can't wait for Zoo to get healthy for a lot of reasons. But one of them is so I hope we can, like, just figure out the center rotation and stop using three centers because we're not going to do that in the playoffs. And anyway, um, how are we feeling? The Clippers close this road trip 4-4. Four and four. Probably could have had a couple more and things gone their way. Um, but I mean, I'm feeling pretty great, man. Like, I let's get back home. Yeah, I'm, like, let's, yeah, let's get out of here. I'm feeling pretty good. Staying 500 uh, on, on a tough road trip is not easy to do. And even though our overall record, we're now one game below, um, you know, it's, it's still, it could have gotten a lot worse. And oh, yeah. honestly, like, upside wise, you know, maybe we win one extra game and we're at five and three. But like, I, I think that this was, pretty close to optimal when you consider all the you know the roster constraints and Nick Batum with the lower back thing and guys just kind of in and out of the lineup and just you know it being a really difficult part of the season on a really long road trip uh I'm, I'm feeling pretty happy man yeah I mean all we can do uh is move from here on out um coming up we're gonna be talking the Kevin O'Connor Ringer article about how the Clippers need a point guard we're having this discussion again but first, we got to give a shout out to TurboTax. Um, people tend to think that unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but not for TurboTax Live. Experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives, whether you're invested in crypto for the first time this year, own an up-and-coming small business, or are raising rambunctious twins. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation, and you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you however you need, and if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them, and they'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. Now that you got your taxes figured out, you should get your automobile figured out and the best place to do that is rock auto this episode in case you didn't know is brought to you by rock auto look with the ever-increasing number of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning is your odyssey an lx is it an ex who knows and why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket you can see Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Let me give you a quick example. Honda Odyssey fuel pump, 353 bucks from a chain store. Cool, $216 from Rock Auto. 
that's savings. But it's not just about the savings. Rock Auto is also a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they got everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, so in a segment that might sound like it's from 2020 or maybe even 2019, we're talking the Clippers apparently needing a point guard. Um, Kevin O'Connor wrote an article for The Ringer about the Clippers needing a point guard. Um, Look, I, I don't know what to get out of the way first. The fact that I'm so frustrated by the fact that we're talking about the Clippers needing a point guard in this season specifically. Um, Death taxes and the Clippers need for dude, a point guard. like, let's go through the article first. So basically, you know, Kevin O'Connor, he posts some... Re- so like the, the takes on this article are very reasonable, right? Um, he doesn't propose like anything super insane. Um, but he said, so what kind of point guard can the Clippers reasonably obtain? Over the past few weeks... Numerous reports have cited names like Jalen Brunson, Dennis Schroeder, Kemba Walker, Goran Dragic, Spencer Dinwiddie, and John Wall as targets. I don't know where those numerous reports have come from about all of these guys. We saw the John Wall one, sure. But yeah, I'm sure there's been a little bit of noise. I also do like that in the article. One thing that I that I did like from this is he talks about the Clippers like surprisingly being around 500, you know, doing better than the Lakers. Is this the time to sort of like make a move around the margins? And, you know, more common than not, when the Clippers are, are coming up in moves around the margins, it's always a point guard. I don't know if that's ever going to not be the situation. Um, but looking at some of these targets, um, I guess I'm not super seeing the fit. But uh, I, I don't know, Chuck. Why don't, why don't you run them down? What, what do you think? What do we got here? So looking at these targets, we have uh, Jalen Brunson, Dennis Schroeder, Kemba Walker, Goran Dragic, Spencer Dinwiddie, and John Wall. Some of these make a little more sense than others. One of them just purely doesn't from a trade standpoint. But like, where are we ranking these guys? Like if we were to take, if they were to trade one. Uh, so he talks about how it's like Surge. Bled or Mook are going to be traded, which I have no problem with him saying that. That makes total sense. One of those guys is probably gone in 10 days. Um, where are you putting these guys for guys you'd want to see if the Clippers made a trade who you wouldn't be upset about? Uh, I mean, I think Brunson is interesting. Um, you know, he's been one of those guys that you have to worry about. And, you know, we've now played the Mavs in a couple of playoff series and seen him enough in the regular season. Uh, so I think that it's interesting. The the thing for me is still, it's just, I just don't get what we're giving in the Mavs, you know, cause it, we're competitors, you know, in the same conference. So I just don't know what is a mutual trade that, that makes both teams. And I, I, I truly don't know how you get it done without Marcus Morris. And I have to be honest with you, I would feel less good about, our chances in a playoff series against the Mavs if they also added Marcus Morris to to that roster. I think that's a really good point. Brunson's averaging 16-4-6 and six for the Mavs. There's no world in which they want to do a trade with the Clippers to make us better for when Kawhi and PG come back. <laughs> like... Yeah, not, not a chance. I, so I think that's the most interesting name of this list. Look, Dinwiddie, you know... Uh, 
I mean, like may, maybe it's interesting. Uh, it seems like he has some issues like within his own locker room. And like, they want him gone. He, the Wizards like want to trade him because no one on the team wants him there. And it's like, that's like, what? Like, I don't want any part of that. And, and he's one of these guys who like, it, you know, when he gets kind of floated in trades, it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of interest. So like I, I, there's something going on there that, you know, like people in front offices are aware of, you know, he's maybe not the best chemistry piece. And what we saw from the, you know, the Clippers miracle comeback victory slash insane Wizards collapse yeah. was like there were lapses in in like his judgment and, and his play on the floor that allowed the Clippers to come back into that one. So for me, that that's not a piece that really moves the needle. Um, once again, depending on what the asking price was, though, because I guess if what the about, asking price is Serge Ibaka and, and oh, maybe yeah. Eric Bledsoe, I, I mean, sure. Yeah, I, I still think I like Bledsoe for the defense, but I mean. You know, we we are a team that has an offensive issue, and Dinwiddie is undoubtedly the better offensive player. And that's what KOC talked about in the article, too. Like, he's like, the Clippers need a guy who can score more and stuff like that, which is kind of confusing because he talked about how good Reggie Jackson was. But so, like, Dinwiddie's interesting. He has a better true shooting percentage than Reggie and a better assist percentage and turnover percentage than Reggie and Bled. But, I mean, he's shooting 31% from three on five attempts per game. Like, he's averaging 13 points. He is on a horrible team, but... I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're right, if it's like Bled and Surge for Dinwiddie, I, I guess let's do it. Like, I'll pick up the phone. I'll think about it. But yeah. um, it's another one that, it, for me, doesn't super move the needle, though I can see the fit. Looking at some of these other names, like John Wall. Cross all these other ones off the list, as far just as like, I'm concerned. <laughs> just like not a chance. Like, there's no way to to make the money work unless, yeah, in, unless he ends up getting someone wants to pay him to not play, which, you know, the Rockets are already doing, but, yeah. you know, they haven't made it official. Um, that's not a contract we can realistically take on. Kemba Walker, uh, I was a huge fan of his Love game. Love the guy. I thought he was... I, yeah, I thought he was like one of the most underrated guards in the league when he was playing for Charlotte. Uh, he's just an undersized guard who is now like past his athletic prime and can't uh, play in the playoffs. I, like that's what this whole article was about was like making the Clippers better for the playoffs. And it's like maybe one of these guys does like Dennis Schroeder. I don't know how that that would work. Like he wants the ball also the Celtics a need a guard. Like <laughs> yeah, what are we like, that we're gonna take a guard and not give them a, <laughs> the kind of guard that they need in return? Like it doesn't make any like I just don't see why they do that deal either. Yeah, Unless so, it's solely to, to unload Schroeder's already low contract. There's a lot of weird stuff with this article. Like he talked about Marcus Morris. He was like the Clippers may keep him Morris given that he's their third leading scorer and a versatile defender. It's like yeah. If this thing is that we need the scorer to come in and play point, we're not going to trade our third highest scorer right now, who's also like can play in small ball lineups. Like, I just, I don't think the point guard that people want the Clippers to trade for exists with our salary constraints and with all this other stuff. Like, in the play, in the playoffs, our wings get things done. Like, that's what happens for this. It's true. And, you know, you never know with this front office because if there is very a very good deal, <laughs> if like if there's a shrewd deal to be made, uh, they'll make the deal. Of course, I guess though, I just the thing I keep coming back to is like you've seen so much from these individual pieces of what you have at at your core, right? And I think you know, sitting one game below five hundred, 
you'd have to be really confident that not only are you getting like an upgrade in production, but you're not going to alter the chemistry of what this locker room so is and has right been for the past, you know, for the past two years, really. They've, they've finally gotten it figured out uh, and it's like, it's, you know, it's functioning. So I think that that's one of those things that that also enters my head with, with any sort of these trade scenarios is because, you know, it, we know better than anybody that team fit is, is more than like a stat sheet or what an individual player provides. And we just uh, and found an identity like this Clippers team absolutely. this season just found an identity without Paul George. So the core has this identity. You're undoubtedly removing a piece from that core to make this trade. I'm just like, it wasn't the most egregious. The Clippers need a point guard trade article I've ever read. Um, but I'm just so tired of this argument. Like we have the most point guard of all point guards and Rajon Rondo, and jack shit changed. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not how this team works. Um, And we drafted a a point guard as well. I don't know. Let's hopefully we never have to talk about this again. Uh, Coming up, we're going to be closing out the show, answering your fantastic Twitter Tuesday questions. But first, we got a brand new BetOnline ad for you. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From score, totals, player performance, props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline! Where the game starts. All right. So it's Twitter Tuesday. Look, every single Monday we ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at Locked On Clips. Chuck, what do people want to know? What's going on out there? They want to know a whole bunch of stuff. Um, Clippers Isaiah asked us like four questions, all of it involving a lot of research. So I only picked one that we can do off the top of our heads. Uh, he said, let's say the team makes the playoffs. No Kawhi, no PG. What's our starting five? He also added that he thinks there's a high chance we at least make the play in with this team. Couldn't agree more, Clipper Isaiah. So I think everyone healthy except for PG and Kawhi, I think we see the same kind of Reggie, Amir. Um, I mean, maybe in the playoffs, I'm fine with Nico and Mook. And then Zoo at the at the starting five would be kind of what I think. Yeah, I, I, I think that it stays fairly traditional. Um, with a, Can't take a her normal... too much with PG and Kawhi being out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with with a normal center at the five, and then you can kind of trade things around given matchup. I think there's value to keeping Kennard on the bench, though we have argued, especially like over his streak of great play, like if maybe he is in the starting lineup, I think he's in the right spot. Um, I think Amir, you know, we, we've talked about Ty Lue, you know, his newfound like trust and reliance on Amir Coffee. You know, he all but flat out said, you know, there will be one of Batum, or Amir on the floor at all yeah. times, assuming that both are healthy. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that you're pretty close there. I think maybe, and I'm not saying that it's better, but like maybe there's a shift to Batum to the bench just to kind of fortify that unit right. a little not bit. Not bad at that at and, all. And maybe you see, you, you might see Man uh, or something and crack that starting rotation, but, you know, would probably in that situation be one of the first subs out. Sure. Um, or it would be a tandem of, of Man and, um, 
and Reggie for, you know, a, a, a different backcourt duo, most likely Kennard and, and Bledsoe. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, there's it's a little finite as to what we can. Yeah, really, we can't. There's not a lot of wiggle room. <laughs> yeah. to what we can really roll out there. Um, but I think one of the most encouraging things from this Clippers season is that, like, I mean, I feel pretty confident about this roster, you know, like, I mean, at least eight guys deep. Um, yeah, who's out of the that, rotation? So, like, in the playoffs, we're not seeing Brandon Boston Jr. If there's no, no Kawhi, he just can't defend very well. This is no. He no. also we didn't talk about this in the the recap, but Brandon Boston Jr. showed some pretty nice defensive, just kind of little twinges over the last week or so, which is nice. But like, I don't think Brandon he, Boston Jr.'s in the rotation, or if he is, a, he's deep in there. It's kind of a yeah. special purpose kind of thing. Scrub's not there, um, obviously. Yeah, um, no scrub. Well, Justice, you know, it's just going to depend. He's so limited offensively, uh, but def- defensively, uh, you see a lot from him. Serge, I I don't know. It de- it depends on a if he's still with this team, sure, and what the availability of you know Zubats is, and and you know Hart Hart's health is gonna is gonna ride on that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're you're a little bit limited, but there is still a bit of flexibility in there. Um, so or Tiger we'll, so we'll goes insane. It is just like we're playing everybody. <laughs> like whatever's working is what's working, and we're doing it. Um, and I think we could see some variation of that. And you might lose some minutes trying to figure out like what those lineups and rotation are. Not might you will lose some yeah. minutes trying to figure out you know like what those rotations are and how they're going to work. But you know, luckily, if if you do make it out of the play in, I mean, you 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 have a couple cracks. Um, add another team to, to try and figure something out that works. Absolutely. Um, Stu Quinn with a hard-hitting question. Shout out, Stu Quinn. He said, these coffee puns. Do you guys think Brian Seaman has a sheet in front of him or he's just shooting from the hip? I think it's I think it's a mix of both. I think that he definitely jots down some notes or an idea pops into his head and he oh, adds yeah. that to the to the coffee, the, the ever-growing coffee note. Um, but I, I, I think that he's had to shoot from the hip a lot and I, I'm sure, you know, over the years he's, you know, been slowly adding things to this, but to be able to come ready with this many puns, with the huge increase in playing time and yes. huge increase in production, uh, that we've seen from Amir coffee, he's definitely had to let it fly from the hip a little bit too. And he's, uh, he's doing a hell of a job of it. He said that the Pacers were getting mugged after Amir hit like his second three. Man, I love Brian Seaman so much. Like, the Brim Reaper, I think, is so great. <laughs> I like. I would never have thought of that. And I do. Th- I think you're right. I think he thinks of something. He jots it down. It's like doing stand up or something where you think of the thing, you jot it down. It's just kind of in your head because he's doing it's it. It's that so scene well. from Eight Mile. He's like on the bus. <laughs> he's he's on like the not. Bus. He's he's like he's huh. not in his head listen listening to his old calls, yeah. and he's like just <laughs> writing down on a notepad. He's like, you ever think you got to stop living down here? Start living up or whatever the hell he says. Um, shout out Brian C, but he's a friend. Something's going to happen with this Clippers call stuff. It needs to happen right now. Something's with this pun thing. Um, all right. Hardboiled Bees asks, I'm looking for a new jersey this season. What player do you think best exemplifies this season? Amir Coffee. It has to be Amir Coffee. If you don't have an Amir Coffee jersey, Hardboiled Bees, get one. Um, or just get a personalized one that says hard boiled bees on the back. <laughs> I think I, I love I love that. I think or Twitter handles bo- <laughs> on the back of jerseys are gonna be a new thing in the next two years and it's gonna be weird but fun. I I don't know what the character limit is on a personalized <laughs> jersey, but hard boiled bees or boiled bees is that's that's quality right there. Remember how everyone and by everyone I think only me wish that so Shay's last name, Gilgus Alexander, I'm pretty sure is still the longest last name 
in the NBA on the back of a jersey. And the way that the NBA does it, it's like a big U because it's it, so yeah, it's long. a it's a hor- it's a horseshoe on his jersey. Yeah, but the way the but fan for whatever one reason, is, it's like yeah. mashed up. Like yeah, it's like a it's just a bar, like a yeah. like a standard like straight line, you know, uh, player's name on the back of the jersey. Yeah, I remember that. That was a, that was kind of a weird call, and I always aesthetically loved the one the player look the the player the the way that one looked so much more. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, into more basketball. But hey, we can't stuff. have nice things. <laughs> you know? Not the fans. Uh, David Mines asks, at this point, should we just keep Kawhi and PG on ice until next season instead of trying to possibly rush them back before the playoffs and risk further injury? This would give the young guys more playing time to get experience and preserve the stars for uh, all-in next season. Clipcast followed up with, does William the Opinion Update still think Kawhi does not return this season despite the Batum possible spoiler? Um, <laughs> so I guess on the, on the second part... Um, Shout out Clipcast. Look, it is still not even February yet. Um, well, the day you listen to this, it will be. That's true. That's true. It's just it's it's <laughs> the newly first February. day. Yeah, it's newly February. I mean, like you know, optimistically, even if he was to return, you're looking at probably like April. Man, I don't know. I'm still like, I'm still not super seeing it. But I, I will say that he's not. If he is truly ready to go like he's not going to hold himself out and i don't think that i like and i don't think it matters if the clippers are a nine seed or you know if they're the sixth seed uh if he is ready to go he's going to try to get those reps in because i mean he's, he's Kawhi. You know, yeah. he's an all-time great and that's what all-time greats do so yeah uh and then as far as the other question I mean, it, putting them on ice, like, I don't I don't know. We're still only, like, 53 games into the season. Like, there's still a lot of game left to be played. It, it just depends. Like, I, obviously, it's not time to rush either of them back. Like, I don't think it's worth that. But, I mean, you know, you're – I don't know. You are, like, four games out of a six seed, like, with no play-in. I don't know. I, I, I think – I see no reason like I'm a reps guy, right? Like I, I see sure. no reason to like if these guys are ready to go, why would you not just have them with this crew who's been playing their asses off all season? Sure. Not just get some reps in together because you you only get one shot at the playoffs every year. And if your shot, even if it's, you know, from the ninth seed, uh, that's still more reps than zero. So yeah, and we're I, like I, this team fully healthy, like we're a top three seed. Like this team fully healthy is if you're getting this kind of production, conference. if you're getting this kind of production or even close to it out, out of this core unit and you add Paul George and Kawhi, I mean. It's over. Yeah, it's done. Scott, you, like, what's the limit? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, don't, I, th- I think putting them on ice, I think where David kind of like, yeah, if they're ready to come back, man, have them come back. And I also don't want to have a scenario where it's like, well, uh, you know, I wanted to come back, but the team wanted to rest me. It's like, I want to avoid all potential weird stuff like that where it's like go out there and do your thing man <laughs> i mean if, if you know if we're the 10 seed and we have to win two games just to even get into the playoff like just to even get into the playoffs like i still think it's worth it i mean i i just do i, I and it's a little bit different you know just these kind of one game play-ins sure. versus a true playoff series but like playoff reps is playoff reps i mean those are like the biggest possible moments and that's where you like figure out you know what a team is 100 percent. and we just set the record for the most wins in a postseason while uh you know winning the chip which would be a fun time uh danny your manny asks what do you think of luke Kennard as a starter can it work right now and can it also work when pg and Kawhi come back we've talked about this a couple times and 
I love Luke Kennard. He's been fan freaking tastic this last week or so. I think you got to keep him on the bench. Like, I, I think you got to keep him on the bench. He kills second units with his spacing. He can play with starters for sure, but I don't think you can start him. My thing is, is with Luke is like, to me, there's not very many, if any, lineups I can name off the top of my head that, you know, in certain scenarios wouldn't be better with Luke Kennard in them. So I think sure. having him like that. not have yeah, the yeah, pressure of, of being in the starting lineup, but the threat of him being able to be added to any lineup, to me, that like that's kind of a different level of versatility. Uh, and I don't really see him in the starting lineup with a healthy Paul George and Kawhi. I, I like I just don't I just don't really see it. Um, yeah, to be honest, because I still think you want one more you want you want one more big wing in there in your front car- court who can you know guard centers and stuff. And then probably I mean like ideally you're you're still gonna have a, one traditional size center in your in your starting lineup. Like I just think that that's the way it goes. And maybe it would change in the playoffs. Um, but there's still a lot of benefit to, to having that sort of presence down low. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, and, and this is no disrespect to Luke Kennard. He's been so good. But like, no, and this is a great question, too. And we go back and forth on it all the time. But I think where I'm at right now is like, yeah, keep him out of the starting lineup so you have the versatility. It's like, you know, it's if you need offense, you can add Luke to most lineups uh, and, and they'll benefit. Just add Luke, you know? Um, all right, Wednesday's episode, that about wraps it up. Uh, Wednesday's episode, we're having a What You Say Wednesday poll over on Locked On Clips. Might be trade-related. We're going to have maybe some potential trade talk, and we don't have a game to preview because the Clippers have a couple days off, which is great. Um, and then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, I think our podcast is available to listen to, but I'm not sure where. Could you educate these people? Yeah, sure thing. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts or on the podcast app on your mobile device. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clips. It works hands-free. It's great. We mentioned it up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Clips, they're doing great. They're, they're going to keep rolling. It. 500 ball, maybe even better. Stay with us. <laughs> see what's going on. Please do. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.